This podcast is part of the No Phony Podcast Network, the home of independent awesomeness. Could you imagine her as a secretary? Uh, Well, yeah, but secretaries are smart where I come Mm -hmm. from. All right. I'm going to punch you. You know, WKRP and stuff like that. Oh, no. Once again, it's time for the idiots. An objective defense of the 80s. From a couple of idiots. Welcome back to another episode of the idiots. An objective defense of 1980s pop culture from a couple of idiots. My name is Will, and joining me as always is my friend and Co-host Ray, how's your day going over there, Will? It's going great. I just record, realized we're recording this <laughs> on the camera. All of our, all of our struggles. We call um, them gaffes. Yeah, gaffes. Well, yes. This is the uh, the reel that everyone wants to it see. It makes it sound so French. Yes, or something. The like gag that. reel everybody's been waiting on is our only video so far. Anyway, hey, before you get too busy, <laughs> don't forget to like and subscribe and share and do all those things that help everyone find out about the idiots because we greatly appreciate it. Um, So today we're not going to have any guests. We had planned to have a guest, but we realized we're so far behind in 80s news that we just need to take some time and just catch up on a bunch of things, items, news items. Yep. Items from the, you haven't done that in a while. Items from the 1980, uh, items rather regarding current news now that has to do with something from the 1980s. Again, further proof that the 1980s is here to stay, right? Which is part of our thesis here. You just, yep. No, actually, um, we forgot something important. We okay. forgot to tell people yep. we are now a part of the No Phony Podcast Network. Yes. And do you remember what that is the home of? Independent awesomeness. Correct, sir. Yes. Um, yes, and they had, and the folks at home just heard some older sounding gentleman tell us that before the show started. Yes, but, but I like saying yeah. it ourselves because well, okay. it's personal. Of course. Okay, so hey, in no particular order, let's run down some of the items uh, in 80s news. Okay, so, hey, uh, in 80s news, some of the different things I wanted to bring up to, for, to, to everyone here is, well, one thing, two, um, two uh, amazing leaders, what is it? Everything I do now is, <laughs> it's because it's late in the day. Yeah. <laughs> You're three quarters of a way into an unnamed beer. Yeah, I'm just getting started here, so. Um, was that two, two of my favorite uh, lyricists from the 1980s, gotten to a bit of a beef uh, just in the last couple of days. And also they have some other, just as a coincidence, have other news related to them that I wanted to bring up. So uh, first, uh, Rakim of, you know him from Eric B. and Rakim fame. I'm sure you could name all the greatest hits. Yeah, sure. And hum them. Now I happen to be a big, so Ray's not a huge hip hop fan, but I am. And so I could. Um, And actually this one, the name of his book that just came out, and that's what I want to tell you, just came out a few days ago. His book is called Sweat the Technique. Um, which is a play on one of his songs, which is Don't Sweat the Technique. Now he's asking you to sweat it. Huh. Well, because actually the book is really cool because it, it, it is about his technique uh, in a sense. But, you know, he shares uh, s- stories about how things got made, but also, I haven't finished it to be honest, but also shares um, some, what he refers to, I think, as the five pillars of, of creativity that, you know, sort of the tenets of his creative process. Anyway, this seems to be a cool book. Uh, only partly through it, but I certainly recommend it. In the very least, because I'm a big fan of his of his music. But unfortunately, um, he got into a little bit of a beef because of a misunderstanding with another uh, lyricist that I truly admire and respect, MC Search from Third Base. Now, Third Base 
Third base, I know. Okay, third base. I'm not, I'm not talking about baseball. No, you're talking about pop goes talking the about, weasel because the weasel goes pop. Okay, there you go. Third B-A-S-S base. Yes. yes. Okay, so yeah, um, they also got their start in the 1980s, and uh, their, their first big hit came in, or first big, big album came in 1989, in the fall of 89. In fact, uh, it's one of my favorite records. Um, you know I'm a big fan of the Beastie Boys, and uh, Third Base had a little bit of a, I guess, a beef with the Beastie Boys. Um, we can go into that story a whole other time on a different uh, episode about hip-hop, but um, it came out the same year as Paul's Boutique, which I know you know. And one of the things I love about Paul's Boutique and Cactus Album is they both used a lot of samples to create their songs. And they use samples from songs that you like already, you know? So then you hear them and put to lyrics. It's really a lot of fun. Again, we could talk about, I hope you talked about this on another episode. We'll be talking about samples and hip hop. Yeah, we, we're going to have to do that at some point. Well, but today I wanted to play you just some third bass and some uh, Eric B and Rakim. Oh. And you're not allowed to use any of it on YouTube. So we could do it for the podcast. We just won't be able to have the podcast on YouTube because they're all songs that are all part of the list that you will be blocked or your song or the, your episode will be muted if you use them. So I'll find something we could use eventually, but some of the, some of the best songs <laughs> I wanted to use as examples of like, great uses of samples. All we have to do, do is contact them and get permission. Oh, well, you know, I'll, I'll do that right after this. I mean, I'm sure his, his uh, phone number's in this book yeah, right no, here some, not yet. somewhere. I'll get him to sign it and put his phone number in there. Yeah, excellent. Um, but uh, Third Base, their album, the Cactus album that came out in 1989, it's coming on 30 years old. This November, it'll be 30 years old. So, wow, time flies. I remember I was just starting college when it came out, and it was a, uh, a record that I listened to over and over again. Actually, it was a tape because I had it on tape at the time. In any case, those are two bits of 80 news that I'm going to combine together. And then you'll get to talk because it'll be about something you know about. <laughs> but these two, uh, you know, rap legends uh, um, got into a little bit of a beef because there was a, a misunderstanding or a story that was told about search that isn't true uh, on another, uh, on a radio show where someone had told Rakim while interviewing him that search was, had gone around saying that search wrote some of Rakim's songs, Ooh. which isn't true. And Rakim said, and I'm paraphrasing, I love you, Search, but if you said that, next time I see you, I'm going to knock you the F out. Um, in any case, it turns out it's not true, and Search, Search clarified immediately that no, he, he was, his manager had asked him to write a song for Rakim. Rakim didn't know anything about it, and when they got Eric B., his, Rakim's partner on the phone, on speakerphone, and said, hey, we've got a song for you, before they, Search could even say the first two lyrics, Eric B. hung up on them. <laughs> so, uh, in any case, it seems like they're going to work it out, um, I, it seems like they'll work it out because it's a misunderstanding. But check out the book. Uh, in the very least, uh, Eric, uh, Eric B. Rakim of Eric B. and Rakim, you'll know them. Uh, that way, uh, Sweat the Technique is Rakim's book. That was a long story about was. something hip-hop, and I just see you staring at me like, <laughs> this is nothing to do. What are we talking about, punk rock today? Well, we were going to talk about punk yeah. rock, but now that's, that's coming up in another... Another show. It seems almost like I tricked you just so I could tell you uh, some hip hop news. Well, yeah, eighties hip hop news. Yeah, well, and I also I bring no notes because we were talking about something I knew about, and you know, if I could have done some homework on yeah, hip hop, right, yeah. I still wouldn't have done any. Okay, well, you know, and I, yes, okay, and like usual, you downplay your knowledge about something, but I know we do that hip hop episode. You be like, oh yeah, I know this and that and that, and it all comes out, and that's fine. Okay, so what else did I want to talk about? So I want to play you a clip of something. And see if you can identify it. I'm going to say he gets 350 bucks for it. And since we recorded this, we can check on this later and, and uh, make sure that I'm right. Do you recognize that person? 
Yes, that's clearly someone we met at the bar <laughs> who was playing the game while I was in the bathroom. <laughs> so that's a clip of you, uh, and you're referring to uh, the story that we did when we were at Geeked Out that uh, someone had found a Kid Icarus copy of a Super, was it Super Nintendo or regular Nintendo? NES, I think it was just Nintendo. Uh, I don't know. It was just Kid Icarus. Yeah, Kid Icarus, uh, is, uh, I believe it was an NES game. He found the cartridge unopened in his attic. At the time, he said uh, the auction house said they think he would fetch ten thousand for it, and you said you'd give him what? It was like three something, three fifty, whatever right. I said. Yeah. <laughs> three fifty. Okay, so finally it went to auction and it yes. sold for more than three fifty. Do you care to guess how much? I will guess fifty five dollars. <laughs> you are so wrong. Nine thousand dollars. <laughs> And to clarify, I'm at three dollars and fifty cents. Oh, yeah. Well, not yeah. three hundred. It's crazy what people will pay for these things. Well, if you have a lot of money, you'll buy things like that just to have them. Like I imagine, like Adam Sandler might have bought it. Why? Because he's got a movie coming up. He's going to smash it in it. Oh wow, Adam Sandler is so violent in your fantasy <laughs> land, fantasy world that you've created for him. Um, yeah, I guess. Um, but you don't know. Maybe he took out a second mortgage, or he didn't tell his wife. He he. he Forged a signature on a refinance or something. He took cash equity out. Who knows? But yeah, it is kind of... We talked about collecting a while ago, but it's... You're right. Sometimes there's some things that people just need to have. Yeah, it was probably some rich guy who played it once at a friend's house as a kid. Right. And saw it and said, I can afford that. So... Right. Ha, huh, I got a deal because it was going to go for a grand. And maybe that kid in this, this uh, story that you're concocting here, at the time, he couldn't afford it. And the kids, other kids laughed at him. And he said, I'll be rich one day and I'll own all these That's games. Right. And I'll be in all these funny movies. And, right. Oh, know. wait, is Adam Sandler again <laughs> it's in Adam story? Sandler again. I don't know how he got back around to that. Okay. In other news, uh, and this is a bit of sad news, Rob Garrison, who you know from Karate Kid, uh, Tommy on Karate Kid has passed away, sadly. Yes, this is horrible. Because he was just on Cobra Kai yeah. playing a sick guy right, and died on the show. Yeah. So do you think they knew he was sick at the time? I'm starting to think they knew because I didn't. Yeah. No. I had no no idea. I thought he was just a really good actor. He, he, yeah. But uh, apparently. Don't, don't mean to laugh in the face of no, tragedy, I, but not, you're right. I thought the same thing, too. He, he seems, looked sick. He seems like he had he a really good um, uh, personality and yeah. just rolling with it, what he had left and did the show and let him he let them do the body bag scene so you're right yep so that's some some good acting in my yeah. book and and I didn't learn until reading about him since his passing that he had been like uh you know he spent a lot of time promoting karate kid wherever he would go he was he was proud of it it wasn't he didn't shy away from the fact that that was the only thing he was known for yeah he loved that movie and he did a lot of promotions for it and everything so it's uh it's a shame he will not be back for the next season cause yeah I really enjoy his work. Yes, those two times <laughs> you saw him perform convincingly so too. Yes. Yeah, so that's so that's uh, sad. I did see some story misreport uh, that that you know he it was sad he passed away because he was next set to reprise his character on Cobra Kai season 3. I was like this this person clearly didn't watch Cobra Kai season 1 and season 2. Is he coming back as a force ghost in <laughs> season 3? Too soon, too soon. It's not too soon. But if he let him zip him up in a body bag, then all jokes are on the table well, with Tommy. Yeah, he probably would appreciate the force. Yeah. <laughs> Very good. That's a good send-off right there. Yes, but he did he did die in season two. And if you haven't seen it, we just ruined it for you. But well, catch up. You should still watch it. They're both really good. That's just a small part of the 80s awesomeness that is Cobra Kai. 
So another thing to talk about, um, and you brought this to my attention today, uh, is that there is seems to be still a potential for a Labyrinth sequel. It does appear that it's going to move forward from what I saw. Yeah, so, um, you know, and I'm going to have to actually look it up because I thought I had the link saved, and I wish I could remember the gentleman's name because I tweeted at him earlier today. The guy writing it? Yeah. Well, because he's not just a writer. He's, I got to tell you something. He's directing his stuff. I keep wanting to say his name is Fig, but I know that ain't right. I'm probably not going to be able to say it right. But but can I just tell you that the first problem I have whenever I try to look up anything about Labyrinth, I can't spell Labyrinth. Labyrinth. Yeah, I I know there's a Y and an I. The Y comes first. Yeah, that's the tricky part, isn't it? It's Labyrinth. It's just like in elementary school. You got to sound it out. You just have to memorize it. Labyrinth. You just memorize A-Y-I. Labyrinth. A. Why I? Mm-hmm. I. Okay. Uh, in any case, it's the, it, the guy who um, is, is, as far as we know, so the, new, the last bit of news that we have is from 2018. As, as, that's the... Actually, it has to be newer than that, because they talked about uh, how well the Dark Crystal was doing in the part I read. Oh, was that the thing you sent me earlier today? Yeah. Yeah, I read that thing, too, by well, the way. Well, yeah, I think... Normally, when I send you something, I read, like, the first headline. Yes. And then it just goes off to you, because I know you'll just read the whole thing. But today, I, I actually read the whole thing. And Yes, I think, I think the, thing, the article that you sent me referred to how we're getting a Dark Crystal prequel and... I don't think it had come out yet. I think, in any case, everything I looked for, something newer than 2018, and I don't think there was a date on the thing you sent me. I couldn't find anything that was dated past 2018, the fall of 2018, that had any news. So his name is, it looks like it's Fede Alvarez. Sounds um, right. Who is writing and directing it. He um, also, you know this, he was also the director, at least, maybe the writer as well, for the Evil Dead remake. Yes, he was involved with that. I didn't see that, so. Yeah, that was in that article I read. Oh, okay. That's how you know that? Yeah. I thought maybe you saw it. No, I told you. I read a whole article. No, I know that, but you're also (laughs) a fan of horror movies, and you're also a fan of The Evil Dead in particular. Oh, yeah. But yeah, they've got the blessing of uh, everybody involved in the original, except for, uh, what's your face? Sarah. Jennifer Connelly. They asked her about this recently, and she said, I have no idea what you're talking about. So they didn't contact her. So I'm assuming, like the article said, this is going to be down the road. So she's not going to be in it. Yes. Uh, well, it could, well, look, we could think of a lot of ways that they could make it, right? It could be now she's older, she's a mother, she has a child that gets kidnapped by some... I don't know. You hate to see it so close to the you know, original well, in that but, sense. But, but they did say there will be no Goblin King. Right. Because they're not going to reprise the role with a new Goblin King. Right. So that, well, that's good. And also, I don't know what the lifespan would have been on a Goblin King character anyway, but 30 years or so past whatever the age David Bowie's character was at the time, he might have been dead anyway. Well, and the other cool thing, though, is they said it will be all puppets and practical effects. Yes. No CGI. Right. So, which is, you know, again, talking about uh, uh, the Dark Crystal. Right. Yep. They cheated. Right. Wait. So, so Lab- oh, well, Labyrinth has said no. None. Well, but they, we talked about this. They cheated in a way that seems to be fair because well, it well, seems did, to be but, backgrounds. and Yeah, but Labyrinth says you don't need to do that. Mm. You can do it the right way. They say that. Well, they, well, they say it in pre-pre-production. So. Yes, when it's just <laughs> a thought. <laughs> you know would be amazing? By the time they start making this thing. <laughs> like, and they've already spent half the budget. Yeah, and they're like, you know what we need to do? Get some green <laughs> screens in here. Anybody got those computers around here? <laughs> So um, what I thought was also interesting about it was that we read that the, the, uh, the uh, first draft of the script was written by Nicole Perlman, who wrote uh, The Guardians of the Galaxy and Captain Marvel movies, both which were really good. And then Alvarez came in and they said, nope, Alvarez is taking a crack at the script himself. 
most of the articles I read also pointed out that his most recent uh, film that he made all on his own was the uh, girl uh, with girl in the spider's web. Girl in the spider's web. You know, yeah, follow which up to girls, did not do very well. Which didn't do very well. So it seems like he's got some successes, some a mixed bag of productions. Well, this is it's exciting news and it's so far away. So he could get canned at this point and they could bring in somebody else before this is all said and done. Yeah, Nicole Perlman would be good. She could come back. Yep. They could end up with Ron Howard. Anything's possible. Yeah. And as you said with the, um, when we're talking about Last Starfighter, sequels are okay. It's when we get into remakes or reboots yeah, that those, we get in trouble. Those are no good. Yep. Because then you're, you're comparing all of the characters to the ones you remember from your childhood. Yeah. Speaking of that, in other 80s news, so we've got two bits of He-Man news. Oh, the He-Man. Yeah, so we are getting a sequel. This is what's cool. So we're getting a sequel. Kevin Smith is in charge, the showrunner, for a Netflix sequel to the He-Man cartoon. And the way Kevin Smith describes it is, it'll be a continuation of where the last episode of the He-Man cartoon left off. That's great, but I have no idea where it left off, so. Yeah. But I trust Kevin Smith. Yeah, so do you generally like what Kevin Smith does? Oh, yeah, I like his movies. Like he could direct the Batman movie I want done yeah. with Bruce with, Campbell. And or Zac Efron. Or, well, yeah, well, no, he would have to do the Bruce Campbell one because uh, Jason would be Robin. Oh, I see. Uh, what's his face? Jason uh, Mewes. Yeah, Jason Mewes. You, you would have Bruce Campbell and Jason Which Mewes. Which is like his blunt man character. Right. So it would be Batman and Robin. So Kevin Smith would absolutely have to do that one. And that's the one they could actually bring in uh, Peter Dinklage for uh, the Hatter. Mad Hatter. There Mad you go. Hatter, yeah. Ah, these You're, things, they write themselves. No, they don't. You're not giving yourself enough credit. <laughs> they don't write themselves, you write them. Or you at least come up with the ideas. I'm like Quentin Tarantino. I'm just throwing ideas he's, at the wall. I like, he's a decent writer and director. He's more of an idea guy now, though. I don't know. He's good at that. I mean, well, he's only made, what, 10 films or 9 films? I think he said 10 and he's not going to make them anymore, so he's got one more. Left to make, and then he's retiring from filmmaking. Well, that's not a good idea. And uh, I guess if he, you know, we could make something else, or maybe he's going to just enjoy himself. Um, you know, it's funny you mentioned Jason Mewes, though. You know, because he he plays that one. He, well, obviously, he plays the foil to um, Silent Bob, Jay. Um, but also, he's a seems like a good actor, right? Because I was I had watched at least half of was it Zach and Miri make a porno before I realized <laughs> that that was him yeah. in it. Yeah, that's that's a good movie. He's in that. I mean, yeah, it's crazy. He's got. The only difference really is he has short hair physically, is this, this change. But then, and he's, he's half naked most of the movie, but, <laughs> but really he does seem like a different character to me. Yeah, so and that's good. Kudos to you. But um, is he going to be in He-Man? No, he's not. So we'll move on then. So anyway, we got that to look forward to. But then also there's another He-Man, and now this is, I guess they're describing it as a reboot, but uh, I don't know what that means. I guess it means it just, you know, it, it's been 30 years, that one was bad, let's make a new well, one. Well, they decided at some point that the word remake made people not, ah. instantly people would not go see it. So that's they right. changed the word to reboot. Yes. And people just go, ah, oh, that's reboot. Yes, I I'll see. I'll go see that. Yeah. Because they don't actually know what a reboot is. They just go, oh, hmm. hey, well, a movie's coming out. We know reboot is like, you know, you know, have you tried turning it off and on again? <laughs> right? That's what a reboot is. So that's a, usually a good thing. It fixes something. That's well, why it's called a I'm reboot. I'm sure that's, yeah. Then that's, the think tank came up with that. Yeah. So. so we were getting a... A reboot, for lack of a better phrase. The result, I shouldn't say that. There are other phrases. <laughs> Remake, I guess. That's a, also a good phrase. But um, it's been so much time. I, I, 
I don't know how you can even say either or. It's just another another version of it. An incarnation of He-Man, Masters of the Universe movie. So, yep, you fantastic movie. Oh, this is a terrible movie. Terrible, terrible no, movie. No, disagree. Do you remember how it ends? So it starred, you remember who starred as Dolph He-Man? Dolph Lundgren. Dolph Lundgren, of course. Which, and I guess it was probably a good five years or so after he murdered Apollo Creed in uh, Rocky IV. Yeah, that, that sounds about right. Yeah. And so you remember uh, Skeletor is played by Frank Langella. Sure. Find it I don't but, remember but, okay. his name. He's wearing okay. a mask. Yeah, he's he's a Frank Langella is a great actor. He's been in so many things uh, in the seventies and eighties, and continues to make movies. In any, well, is he still alive? <laughs> <laughs> he might not be continuing to do anything. No, I'm pretty sure he's still with us. We've lost so many people in the last few years. It seems like it's hard to keep track, unfortunately, including Rob Garrison. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, <laughs> that seems like the appropriate <laughs> tribute to him now. <laughs> Uh, instead of pouring out a 40, a uh, yeah for my home <laughs> homies. But uh, Frank Langella at the end of Skeletor dies. He's like dropped in a pit of something. And mm-hmm. then at the last moment, you see coming out of like the bubbling acid or lava, like his hand is like, you know. And the thumbs up position. Some, yeah, it's kind of like the Terminator 2 thumbs up or something. And it's like, you know, the end? Like, you know, Skeletor had yeah. survived and there would be a sequel because this movie's going to be great. It was great. It was terrible. Yeah, no, it was good. First of all, it's set on Earth. Who wants to see a He-Man movie on Earth? The cartoon's enti- entirely set in, in Eternia, right? You're never on Earth. They don't even know Earth exists. It's not you, a planet in that universe. You're letting reason and logic get in the way of a great movie. What happened is they let budget get in the way of a uh, halfway well. decent movie. And they're like, <laughs> we can't afford to make an Eternia. They probably started building an Eternia set. Get the practical. Green, get this green screen. <laughs> right. They didn't even have, couldn't do a green screen in 1987 when it came no. out very effectively, I guess. No. So, like, we'll set it in Los Angeles or wherever it was, New York. Well, if you remember correctly, that's how Ghostbusters ended up in New York. Well, I do. You know what? So, you're not bashing that movie. There you go. You're right. That's a good example so, of how. It's the old A equals B equals C argument. So. I do not know what. What? I don't know how to follow you there. Oh, what? you take something like. Um, He-Man is good because they had to cut the budget back because they couldn't do it in the mystery world. Right. Like B, they also did that wait, in wait, Ghostbusters. Wait a second. You lost me on A. He-Man was not good because of that. Oh, hold on. Hold on. We're getting there. Okay. So Ghostbusters had to do the exact same thing. It was set in New York. Right. So by proxy, C, oh, I see. He-Man is also a good movie because it did the same thing that Ghostbusters did. I see what you're saying. Okay. A equals B equals C. Gotcha. Yes, I know there's a fancy word for that, like a syllogism or something mm, like that. Yeah, I don't. I, I, that might not somewhere be. back in high school, I heard yes. part of that conversation in a class, and right, and now I'm just applying it the way I want. See, but the problem in your all right, that's fine. I'll let it go. <laughs> We've spent way too much time talking about how <laughs> terrible He Man is, or good, depending on your point of view. Um, what else in '80s news? In '80s news, also, we wanted to mention that there's a new documentary that's that's just coming out and touring the country called "Murder in the Front Row," and you turned me on to this. It's a documentary about the 1980s Bay Area thrash metal scene. Yes, and it was awesome. Metallica, Exodus, Testament, with many others. Right, and they've got a bunch of other folks that are interviewed in here. Uh, in the thrash scene, I suppose to talk about, or, or in metal, larger metal scene, although they're not from the Bay Area, to talk about, um, I guess, how awesome the music was at that time, uh, including Anthrax, for example. Um, but the movie's touring around the country. It premiered in April of uh, this year, and it was directed, this is what's interesting to me, is it directed by Adam Dubin, hope I'm saying that name right, who also directed, and you know Beastie Boys, as I mentioned earlier, among my favorite uh, rappers, 
Uh, you Gotta Fight for Your Right, which is my least favorite Beastie Boys song, by the way. Oh, it's a fun video, but it's, it's... Most people are like, I love the Beastie Boys too. Fight for Your Right. I'm like, yeah, yep, yeah. Yep. Settle down. Um, and No Sleep Till Brooklyn, which I think is a better song, uh, and also another fun video. Yes, which both contain the yeah. guitar player, Carrie King, from Slayer. Yes, very so good. there you go. Yeah, and um, so Adam Dubin was, um, he was a roommate uh, in NYU with Rick Rubin, which seems to be how he got connected to the Beastie Boys. Yep. And that would make sense, because Slayer was also on Def Jam for a while, I think. Oh, Okay. Well, yeah, then I guess, yeah. That so would if, be the connection. He was like, hey, I pay you guys anyways. Get your guitar. Right. Get on set. You're not doing anything on Tuesday. Yeah. So that movie is coming within driving distance of us. Yes, it's like... It's like forever it's away. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Right. I, I hate to drive. Yes. Even... Well, I, I could drive. Yes, you got to sit there. Yeah, well, I, I just have to sit you there. You got to operate the radio. The I just stare out the window. You get to DJ. Yeah, that's true. I can play a lot of Beastie Boys and Slayer on the way there. That sounds like a good playlist. Yeah. I could learn all about it. I'd look forward to seeing the movie just so I can learn about Thrash Metal, because I don't know a whole lot about it, except I know, I'm sure I know some, well, I know some of these song, groups, obviously, and I know songs from these groups, although I wouldn't know a whole lot of them. Uh, I'll, I'll have to make a new playlist so that we can yeah. uh, stick it on the Facebook page for people to enjoy as you can enjoy it as well. Yeah. You know, we're getting ready to talk about, about punk music soon in another, about, oh, yeah. I think our next episode. And I've been enjoying listening to a number of the punk bands that you uh, turned me on to. But well, we could... That's a good thing. We got to save that. Thing. Yeah, save that though. But anyway, so there you go. Yeah, so that would be helpful to me. So something else in 80s news, so to speak. Um, let me see, when did this one just come out? So you actually turned me on to this uh, yeah, musician. Yeah. This- this is another one I found this afternoon. So. Yeah, so six days ago. So this is still relevant, although it seems... The disappointing thing is, is when you look at his... And we're talking about Johan Olsen, a uh, musician who makes 80s versions of post-80s songs. Yeah, and they're awesome. So the most recent one is, uh, just six days ago, My Chemical Romance by... Uh, sorry, Helena. Helena? Yes. Or is it Helena? I think it's Helena. Helena. Helena by My Chemical Romance. I certainly know My Chemical Romance. I couldn't tell you that song. They are actually a really good band. Yeah. I like them a lot. And so. there, wait, there's a story to Chemical Romance. That's, um, oh, is Chemical Romance the guy who wrote um, Umbrella Academy? Umbrella Academy. Yep. Yeah, right, 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 right. Yep, yep. Okay. Gerard Way. I know we talked about him recently because yeah. of that. Did you watch Umbrella Academy? Yeah, love it. Oh, yeah, it's really good. Fantastic. The comic book is a lot stranger, hmm. but the, uh, yeah, I actually did read that one. Hmm. That's when I forgot that I even read Yeah, on our other episode. <laughs> <laughs> we'll add that back in. Yeah. But um, he's, a, he's a very talented writer, and he, he's involved with the show, and the show is completely different than the comic book. Because in the comic book, they're kids. And in the show, they're right. adults. Well, you know, the second season, they're going to be kids, it seems. That's another spoiler, but that show's been out for a while. I should have watched it. Yeah, well, yeah, if you're not catching up, you got, you know, it's not my problem. Right, so... Anyway, that'll be interesting. But back to this gentleman. So Johan Olsen, we bring him up because six days ago he dropped uh, on his YouTube channel uh, a 80s version of My Chemical Romance's Helena, we'll say. If someone can correct us. Um, I'm and, pretty sure that's right. And it, the disappointing thing is he doesn't do these very frequently. It looks like uh, if I'm looking at them in chronological order here, prior to that there was one 11 months ago and then a, a few a year. There's actually several a well, year ago. It would actually take me like six months to do what he did because <laughs> I'd have to come over here every day and yes. go, Hey, Will, I need right. you to do some keyboard stuff. <laughs> so it's how long you can boss me around is, yeah. is the delay. But it's really cool, as you pointed out, and I'll try to play some of this, and hopefully it won't get 
taken it down. I don't think it, I don't imagine it would since he's doing a cover version himself. So we'll do that. Yeah. And I would, uh, we'll put a link to it too. So you yes. can go give him lots of likes and shares and love like you're going to give us too. Cause that's what podcasts and channels need. They need lots of likes and shares. It'd be interesting to find out how old Johan Olsen, I hope I'm saying his name right. <laughs> you know, here I am showing off. Look at me, right? I can say a name that's spelled J O H A N. But the Olsen makes it seem like O-L-S-S-O-N. It has to be Johan. Look at me. I'm so worldly. And then he'll be like, no, I'm Joan or Johan. 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 Uh, in any case, he looks like, I don't know how old he is. I imagine he's a younger fellow. I don't know. But um, again, it's just. Did did you make it all the way through the song for the uh, the sax solo in the middle? I, I, you know, I didn't. I did make it to that. Yes. This, that is amazing. Because I just, I skipped through it to hear yeah. like what other. 80s albums. And I did I did the same thing with a bunch of them, too. Yeah. He really has zoomed in or not zoomed in. Is that the right word? Zoned in? Zoned in. There's a phrase. Hmm. So He's really zoned in. Honed in. Honed? Uh, honed? That's a good word. Honed. No, that's not it. Homed, homed in. Like homing. I, I don't think any of these he's are really right. He's really homed but... in <laughs> <laughs> on, on the essence of 80s songs yeah he really nailed it knocked it out of the park um it sounds like cheesy 80s keyboards but the best part is is the vocals are the actual vocals from the song and he he isolated them and put them over this 80s stuff and it's perfect right so looking at the list here uh just the most recent ones again in addition to the one we mentioned red hot chili peppers california or danny california uh, Ariana Grande, Side to Side, Fall Out Boy, Sugar, We're Going Down. You know, and I realized these songs, when I clicked them, I knew they knew the songs. I didn't know these were the names of the songs. Um, even the Fall Out Boy one, for example. Green Day, Boulevard of Broken Dreams, uh, Ed Sheeran, Perfect. Any, in any case, yeah, he gives the, all of these songs the 80s treatment. We'll put a link so you can find him. But that's pretty cool. I don't know. Is that it? Well, so, we got to do the Rick Ocasek. Okay. We, we don't have a choice. Yeah. Because it's not like we can double back and catch that one later because he already died, so. Well, then there you go. <laughs> He's already died. Is there a, there's no time limit. But that's, yes, we know. I hate to end but, on a bummer uh, of a note, but. Yeah. But the cars are down to just the car at this point. Oh, wow. Because that's it. There's just one. There's just one left. Wow. Now you really bummed me out. I know. So. Uh, we, we talked about this, I think, on a synth episode. You were a Cars fan. I, I do. I like the Cars a lot. I like their upbeat stuff, you know. Yeah. And um, so, actually, I have some friends who are in a Cars tribute band. Do they still play now? Oh, yeah. They're called Moving in Stereo. Oh, okay. And if you're ever in the greater Cleveland area, check them out, because they are amazing. I would love to check them out. Yes. That sounds really cool. Um, and he was still married to Paulina per- Periscova. I believe so. Right. Which someone had said, "What? How, let me try and remember exactly what they said. He is the patron saint of ugly dudes everywhere. Wow. Oh, yeah. Well, he may have said that of himself, I think. Yeah. I don't know if he said it, but I saw someone had actually posted it after his death. I believe he said that of himself. Paulina Poroskova. Yeah, they were still married at the time. Do you remember as a, as a kid? I mean, she was one of the, you know... Uh, oh, hmm. Yeah, you see me searching for words. <laughs> this, yeah, that's why he is the patron saint. She adorned magazines and posters in many a teenager's bedroom. Yes, she was hot, and he was a musician, so yeah. it kind of worked out. Yeah, and uh, he lived in Ohio for a while. Is that right? Yep. Why? Why? 
It's where uh, the the bass player Ben Ben oh. Orr. So did he come to be closer to Ben? I don't know, but Ben was from Ohio. But this is the place to be. I see Ben Orr. Yeah. Yeah. See, see, my memory hasn't completely failed me yet. Okay, so let's see. Rick Ocasek, yeah. When he was 16 years old, his family moved to Cleveland, Ohio, where his father worked for NASA. All right. Yeah, folks who don't live here don't realize we have NASA here. Yes, we do. Um, I, I've seen it from the highway. He met Ben Orr here in Cleveland in 1965. That, that makes sense, then. After he saw Orr performing with his band, The Grasshoppers, on the Big Five show. See, I just left out a lot of the details, but I was, I was in the ballpark of knowledge there. They, 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 years later, they re- reunited and uh, reconnected rather in Columbus, Ohio, and began booking. Two began booking bands together. They formed a band called ID Nirvana in 1968 and performed in and around Ohio State University. I had no nice. idea. Wow. See, I know stuff. There you go. Wow. Yeah. So yeah. So kiss your children and your parents. <laughs> so yeah, life is short. But the 80s are are forever. Yeah, it does seem that way. Even though our 80s, so many of our great 80s icons have left us. So, yeah, that gets us to the point in the show where do... I don't think we proved anything on this one. No, except, I guess, the enduring nature of 80s pop culture. But we did have... We had a lot of fun. Yeah. I enjoyed this one. Hopefully somebody else enjoys it and hits the like button. Yeah, there you go. Like and subscribe. Or, Or makes, like, a nice comment. Because comments are good, too. Yes. Even if, if it's just to make fun of our crude joke about Tommy. Or, or correct us. Or Yeah, please. If we say something that's absolutely incorrect, I would be more than happy to see someone post go, man, you're like an idiot. You don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, he never said that about being ugly. Right. So, But nobody ever corrects me. Right. Okay. So then that's it, I guess, right? So, yeah, now we just sign off. All right, we'll talk to you next time on The Idiots. See ya.